This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 180. I have the wonderful Guy Lawrence joining us again on the show. I know some of you guys have already listened to one of the previous couple of shows we've done together over the years, and uh, Guy has graciously given us a fantastic uh, live-in-flow resource kit for us to use over a time when I dare say it's going to be a very useful thing to have. So um, uh, for those of you who haven't come across Guy's work, he is a coach, a speaker, wellness advocate and entrepreneur. We uh, initially bonded over the company that he started called 180 Nutrition, fantastic whole food protein powders. He since sold his share out of that because he felt called to create something uh, that was a program designed to help people bridge the gap between the life they live and the life they truly want. And he wanted to do that using meditation and the language of neuroscience. And so he created Let It In. Uh, and it's just a fantastic program. I've been to a couple of his events. Obviously, there's no live events and in-person stuff happening right now. Uh, in the world of retreats and so forth, uh, but definitely will be again. So it's it's worth getting on the orbit. Um, but for the next month, which is amazing, so it's not just for this week that Guy is on the show, but he's made it available for the whole of April. He's got a live in flow resource kit for you. Now this includes a webinar, three meditations, and two eBooks. And I've actually pulled up the link so I can take you through a few of the um, components. So the webinar is the secrets to living an extraordinary life. And I think, you know, a lot of people might push back on something that sounds so fabulous right now and say, well, that's not possible because coronavirus. And my hope is that someone's going to be listening to this show in two years time or even next year and go, whew, that was hard. We made it through though. Um, when you hear an intro like this or any reference to coronavirus, which of course will eventually become dated, thank goodness, uh, thanks to the incredible work of, of scientists and the collective of humanity everywhere right now doing everything we can. Um, but right now that is uh, a tool that will present itself in a way that you need to hear it for now, right? Because the way I see it, uh, and the way I've navigated this myself, uh, because this has definitely not been a time free of challenge for my family and challenge is looking quite different to different people right now, whether you're uh, a nurse or a doctor working in the hospital system in some way and uh, you have a whole set of anxieties and fears uh, and general stress around that situation, whether you're a parent having your child at home while you try and hold down your own job, um, trying to support them with their schooling, especially younger kids, 
Um, you know, whether you have multiple kids, all different ages, requiring all different types of support, whether you're in essential services and having to go to work, even though you'd probably rather be at home, feel safer there, uh, whether you've just lost your job, uh, whether you're going to have to be on welfare for the first time in your life, people are struggling in many different ways. And the thing is that we can't avoid. We cannot control the fact that this is a challenge. And we certainly shouldn't be suppressing any of the feelings that come up during this time. I remember uh, when I spoke to Dr. Joan Rosenberg, who's the author of 90 Seconds to the Life You Love, a show that I absolutely implore you to go back and listen to. I'll put um, that in the show notes links for you um, to make it nice and easy to click on. Uh, when I spoke to her and when she took us through what it looks like to ride the wave, the 90 second wave of a negative emotion, uh, then uh, we can accept those emotions when they come into us. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay for your child to feel crappy that they just can't be at school being goofy and playing handball with their buddies or, um, you know, it's okay for everybody to feel the negatives of the challenge. But we are invited to still ensure that we hold faith and that we hold hope and that we hold focus on the fact that this will be okay in the end. It will work out in the end. So you can be positive-minded and have negative feels sometimes. Uh, And that's how I have come to be quite at peace with whatever comes up. Uh, but I, I'm also using it a time to design the future better for my family, for myself, use of time, priorities, uh, and I'm not doing that perfectly and I'm certainly not consecrating hours and hours to it because <laughs> who's got hours and hours right now? Um, but I am making sure that I use those negative emotions that come up and, and try and have a look at why they're coming up and what perhaps I'm not happy with and how I can take um, some better ideas into the future, um, right, starting at home, because change always starts with us. So that's my little two bobs worth before we um, kick into today's show. But just to finish what uh, Guy has in this resource kit, you also have three steam- streamable meditations, heart, grounding, and sound harmony, uh, and two eBooks. So someone that, uh, Guy works closely with Matt, uh, is a sound healer. And, uh, so Matt's biohacking with sound eBook and Guy's five-step morning routine. So if you didn't get that last time, uh, he was generous enough to share, that with us, then definitely download it this time. So enjoy that resource kit. It's, uh, you can find it at liveinflow.com.au forward slash Alex with two X's, A-L-E-X-X. So that is liveinflow.com.au forward slash Alex with two X's. And you'll be able to pop your name and email in and get instant access to those resources. Before I hook into my show with Guy, I just wanted to let you guys know that we have uh, been bunkered down or hunkered down. <laughs> I can't remember, I'm terrible with expressions. My husband would laugh if he was listening to me right now. Uh, in um, low-tox HQ, remote work style, of course, not together, and uh, created 
what we feel is going to be vitally important for our community in the year ahead. And we have rebirthed the Low Tox Club, if you like. Uh, So traditionally you've been able to support the podcast and join the club through uh, a Patreon uh, monthly recurring payment. And some of the Aussies were a bit upset by that because your cards charge you uh, international um, fees because Patreon's an American company. Um, and some people prefer to just pay once for the year and not have to try and remember to update credit card details and things like that. Um, and I also wanted to create something that really felt like we knew who was on board for the next year so that we could show up for you guys, provide resources, check in often, see what you need us to create for you to help you through these challenging times. And so Lotox Club 2.0 is born. And get this, it's only $49 Australian for the next 12 months. And anybody who joins in April will actually have that $49 annual membership because you go on a recurring payment plan for one payment per year for the rest of the time that the Lotox Club exists. So your price will never, ever go up as long as you join in April. The reason we've made it so low despite all the things that one uh, gets, which I'll run through in a second, is because of the year that we're in. We wanted to support you with your goals. uh, And uh, obviously, this is a time when people really have to watch their dollars for the most part. So I wanted to make sure that everyone could get involved. So 49 Australian is about 38 euro, is about 35 US dollars Uh, and uh, you can work out what it is in your local currency, Uh, but you will be billed in Australian dollars and then your bank statement or PayPal statement will show you the local currency figure. But it is cheap as chips, so just over $4 a month Australian, which is about $2.80 American. Uh, And the reason is is because of the year we're in and as a gift to the people who support us in this time by joining now in April of 2020, you will be grandfathered in with that for the rest of time. You will, your membership will never, ever go up. So I just want to talk to you about a few of the things that you get in the Lotox Club because it's a, a pretty big doozy. Our first theme, a guide to thriving through periods of stress and anxiety. So uh, obviously quite prevalent, but I really do believe we can, we can focus on some silver linings here. However bad things get, however stressful things might be sometimes, however strong some of those emotions might be, we can find ways to thrive. And it's really all about thinking about what works for you and doing that work. So we've got a gorgeous 20-page ebook for you that is packed with goodness. We talk about the miracle morning and no, it's not some protocol you have to follow perfectly. It's actually something you tailor for yourself with a little worksheet that we've provided for you. Foods to enjoy to support mood and anxiety, herbal herbal and supplementation support for anxiety and uh, elevated stress. Um, what else have we got in there? We've got this de-stress bingo, which you can pop on the fridge as a family and make sure you mark off a line, either going downwards or across every day. So there's a bit of a family um, group challenge to keep things light. Um, 
human uh, human support yeah humans need a heck of a lot of support herbal and supplementation immune support for people in essential services you want to make sure you are really supporting your immune system if you are out and about often and not in your house uh, for work reasons um, the best books and resources to read we've built some of our favorite books for times like these uh, to put a smile on your face, to help you, you know, feel empowered in a, a time of challenge. Um, and then in the Facebook group, which you join when you become a Lotox Club member, we run a little three-day boost, which is all about kind of coming together and working on something in our own lives and sharing what that looks like for us so that we can all inspire each other, cheer each other on in a time where we really need to make sure we keep doing that, albeit virtually for now. Then the ebook moves on to thriving during times, these sorts of times when you have kids in the mix, uh, ta- tackling all sorts of things on that front, uh, as I know we are from chatting to various girlfriends and and male friends who have um, all manner of combination of ages of kids and and amounts of kids in their family. Uh, and then tools to reduce anxiety and overwhelming kids. We've got some great apps, some really good ideas around screen time, some meditation pointers, um, and chilling with the family in old fashioned ways, giving you heaps of ideas around that kind of stuff. And then a list of all of the podcasts that might be relevant to you at that time that we have covered in various, um, shows over the years. Cause sometimes when you're newer to the show, it's actually hard to sift through everything and find the things you need for the time you're in. So hopefully that sounds quite uh, quite a worthwhile thing to dig through. But then, of course, there are other benefits to being in the club other than getting the monthly uh, themed ebook. You will also receive fifty percent off Lotox courses. That is all of our courses, with the exception of my professional coaching course. Uh, which is called the Lotox Method, and with uh, the exception of Thrive, which is a partner course with the lovely Brenda. So obviously um, that can't be a a part of that. But um, 50% off the eight other purely Lotox life-created courses. So if you want to work on inflammation right now, if you want to get preconception ready, if you want to look at how to raise kids Lotox in a high-tox world, uh, if you want to do the big go low tox e-course at some point this year, when we offer it, uh, or if you're going gluten-free, going dairy-free, wanting to go additive-free, wanting to become a real food rock star, we have a course for you. Uh, so that'll be 50% off for clubbers. And again, it's more about people like, why are you giving so much money away? It's like, it's not about that. It's about wanting to create a big community volume of fabulous people all coming together. And so I just don't want the money to be a a thing that you have to think about too much, um, especially at a time like this. I much prefer to have a thousand of you guys in there uh, than to have uh, 30 people who can afford 20 bucks a month. No, thank you. This is a time when we need solidarity, collective inspiration and, um, and looking after each other needs to be the number one. So that's why. Uh, and then, of course, you have the access to the Facebook group. 
And people ask me all the time why I don't have a free low-tox life Facebook group. I don't know if you've ever been a member of like a zero waste group or a healthy eating group or a climate change group or um, whole foods group, but so often uh, the the free groups tend to have uh, trolls, really negative things can happen quite fast and people can uh, give uneducated um responses, albeit well-meaning. I see it all the time in uh, natural living groups, people making product recommendations. It's like, "Mm, that's greenwashed, babe. (laughs) That's not low-tox. And the the act of having to have people become members and be in the group really just keeps all of that out. Uh, It is such a gorgeous, high-quality group. We've got about 300 people in there already. And, uh, and I think the, um, gosh, I I don't even think I've actually had to ban. No, not a single person since club 1.0 version started two years ago. So that's just to give you a little idea about how supportive and positive and nurturing that group space is. And I want to preserve that for you. Um, so you have the beautiful Facebook group and then you also have the, um, practitioner thread. So anytime during the week, day or night, doesn't matter what time zone you're in. If you've got a bit of a question around health or you just want to workshop something with a practitioner to help you move to the next step of knowing whether you need to see a doctor, whether you need to see a nutritionist, or maybe something that you can just sound out the, um, the safety of an idea of something someone asked about, um, ear candling the other day, you know, just things that come up and you just want to make sure it's a health professional responding to your questions. We have the lovely Steph Hinton, who's our in-house naturopath, and she answers questions in an office hour once a week, but she goes and has a look at all the questions that came up during the week. So doesn't you don't need to be there at a specific time to ask your question, and that is uh, part of your membership as well. So absolutely worth it, just that bit, uh, given... Um, how much it can cost to see someone privately for something minor and small that you could just quickly workshop online. So that is what you've got uh, to join the club. Um, And the place that you can go to do that is obviously to the website. Um, The easiest thing for you to do, though, would be to go to the show notes of today's show, Uh, which is found at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And then you just click on the show today that'll pop up there with Guy Lawrence. And uh, and I've got it right at the top for you to come and join. So it's $49. That's it. And you're in for the year. And boy, are we preparing some incredible supportive tools for you to get you through this year around frugality. We've got some excellent guests coming in to talk about... uh, growing your own kitchen garden and getting you started there. We've got beautiful monthly meditations with guests. It's just going to be the best place to be. I guarantee you that it'll really, really help during this time. And, uh, and I'm grateful to everybody who comes and joins us there. The feedback on the booklet is, uh, it's outstanding. It's so wonderful to hear the people are really, really enjoying it and finding it to be the exact thing they need right now. So just that alone, just each little component alone is helpful. And, and I hope to see you there. So for 49 Australian for the entire 12 months, that's it, my friends. And, uh, let's, 
Let's grow that club and support each other during these times. I can't wait to help you with your goals. That's all I have to say today. And I'm now going to hand you over to the wonderful Guy Lawrence. Enjoy. Hello, Guy. How are you? I am fantastic, Alex. Thank you for having me back on the show. I'm always excited to be here and be able to talk about this stuff. Yeah, me too. And we always get so many wonderful comments, uh, especially in the Low Tox Club, uh, where a few of the students have actually gone on to go on your retreats and do a few other things with you and, uh, and the people that you collaborate with often. And we always hear so many fantastic rave reviews. So it's always great to check in and uh, explore uh, what it is that you have decided to make your life's work uh, in the way that you help other people achieve various things uh, for themselves on a spiritual and more practical level in day-to-day life, which I love. It's not all about escaping into somewhere. It's actually all about bringing the magic into the everyday as well. Um, so uh, for people who haven't heard of you before, though, which, of course, there's going to be a few, um, I would love for you to just share a little bit about, and of course, we've got past shows that we've done together in the show notes, so people can go into more detail if they want, but a little bit about the very end of your life as a business owner of a protein supplement uh, food company and into, I mean, what would seem to be such a massive jump um, into what you do now. and sort of what that looked like for you taking that leap personally, because a lot of us don't take leaps. We're too scared. There's a lot of fear in our lives. Um, and I think it's always interesting to unpack how someone felt that actually the only option was to leap. And so that's kind of exciting for people to hear about how it comes about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, I still to this day even struggle to tell people what I actually do as well. And, you know, <laughs> You know, and one of the things I really do encourage people to do is reconnect to their heart, as simple as it sounds. And, and I realized if I was really going to listen to my heart and allow that, uh, I guess, live by my own practice, what I preach, then, then I, I had to honor this and do it for myself first before I could really start to show other people a way. So in essence, I, yes, I, had a, um, I was part of it in a partnership with a company called 180 Nutrition, which was a natural health uh, supplement company. And we did a lot of research and podcasting and, and uh, put the great content out there as well. Uh, but the whole time I was exploring what it means to be human. What, what is consciousness? Who am I? All these big questions. And the more I delved into it, the more it opened my eyes. And, and there was a point where during that journey, because I'd put so much energy and effort into growing the supplement company. It was the first time in my life um, I really kind of believed in myself and backed myself and actually overcome my own limiting beliefs in life from the work I'd been learning at the same time in, tan- in tangent to that. Um, and I realized there was only so much information that I could consume and information wasn't the answer, but for me it was more about experience. And the only way you're going to have experience is by taking the step into something that's beyond probably your comfort to have certain experiences. And from looking at this work, I was starting to have profound experiences. And it really started to open up a part of myself that was always there, but it felt like I was starting to remember who I really was 
in that discovery. It's, it's really hard to explain if you haven't experienced that before. But um, so as I was starting to really remember who I was and who the essence of me was under all my cultural conditioning and beliefs and mm. everything, who is God? Ego always gets Not, in the way. Yeah, ego, exactly. And, and it was difficult for me because it was the first time in my life I was actually, I felt I had success. My ego was definitely attached to a lot of that, even though I didn't like to admit it at the time. Um, but I was just getting stronger and stronger pulls because of these profound experiences I was having and finding this work was coming quite naturally to me. And I realized my gift was to be able to share my story and show another way for people that really wanted to understand this work more. So I was starting to want to help others from my experience, not just from a book that I'd read, Mm. if that makes sense. And it just got to the point where... I knew if I continued to resist this pull, um, I'd be doing myself a disservice. But not only that, other people that I could potentially uh, show another way to as well, which was definitely a big factor for me. And, uh, and I decided to um, create change and step more into this work. I didn't know how it would look. Mm. I didn't know what it would look like. But um, that's what happened in a nutshell. And that, and that was... Uh, beginning of 2018. So it's been two years since I, I stepped down from, from that company. Yeah. And a lot has happened since. It has. Yeah. yeah. Huge, so, huge so in terms of your mind, like, because obviously a lot of people can be curious about uh, exploring their essence and connecting to a sense of self that's much deeper once we peel back all the layers, but not everyone needs to feel called to then making that their work and teaching everybody how to do it because otherwise we would literally, (laughs) they would literally, okay, so who's actually going to run the business over here? Like we need to figure out how we can feel ourselves in our everyday lives. I feel like that is also an invitation on the table when we step into this work and um, I, I just want to make sure that people out there don't feel pressured to then, oh, my gosh, if I do this work, does that mean my entire life has to change and I need to start teaching people how to meditate and connect to their true self? No, this is more about the fact that that is what happened for you. Absolutely. And the magic of going on that journey is to invite one to feel more oneself in uh- the truest sense of the word, right? Yeah, it, it was just my truth. It was yeah. like I knew all along, even from a child, I was drawn to these this stuff. Like it's just me. And 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 I remember hearing a wonderful analogy once that uh, we're all like individual notes making up a, 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 the symphony of the human race, and and every single note is very different. And some and but from those notes, um, and when I say the note, it's like. Who, who are we? What's our purpose? What's our passion? What's our joy? What brings us many things? And for many people, it could be just to be um, a, a great mum and, and a loving parent. And that's what they, they just love doing. And, and, but it's, for me, it's about really honoring those things, what it is, and putting our heart into it and not just coming from a place of fear because we've got to pay a bill or we've got to do this. And we get caught up in these decisions in life that are actually restricting the flow of who we really are. And I think we can lose connection with that because we saw in our heads these days and we've disconnected to a large part of ourselves, which is our body and the unconscious and everything within it. 
And for me, this works about just starting to reconnect back to that and beginning to listen to what wants to come through. And we can go as fast or as slow at this work as we want. And another great analogy is I heard of, um, it's like if you, if you want to hit the accelerator, you just drop into your heart more and just come from a place of love and you just unquestion it and you just flow in, right? Or, or, if, or if you want to slow down, you just bring them to mind and you think things through and, and you slow things down that way. So we're our own pilot, you know, and we have, we have a choice of how we want to direct that. And I think that's what this is about really at the end of the day. Mm, absolutely. Such a good way to see it. That's beautiful. Um, now, plant-based medicine is obviously a bit of a topic du jour. And uh, obviously, uh, Michael Pollan's book a couple of years ago on uh, psychedelics and the place that they might have, especially in the world of uh, having healthier minds, which is really quite interesting work. Um, to explore the microdosing aspect, and I know they've decriminalised it already in three states. Uh, for example, um, uh, microdosing psychedelics, which is very exciting for mental health, anxiety, depression cases, and using it to treat that. But you weren't really coming at your explanation of plant-based medicines um, necessarily through the lens of having been depressed. It was more this yearning to find a greater truth. And we actually explored your ayahuasca experience a couple of shows ago um, uh, when we chatted. What do you think the role of that exploration, now that you've had enough kind of retrospect to look back on it with a bit of time, what do you think that that still means to you to have done that? And what do you think the clearest things that float to the top are in wow. terms of what you learned? That's, a, that's an amazing question. I, I actually think I did an ayahuasca uh, ceremony back in 2013, I think it was. And still to this day, it made, it made me question the big, the big questions, like what, what is life? What is, it, what, what is the essence of who I am? What is consciousness? Am I, have, I, have I got a body with a soul in it? Or am I a soul that exists in a body? And when you, for me, I, when I um, experimented with ayahuasca and plant-based medicine, I had an experience that was just as real as this conversation right now, right? But that was with my eyes closed and my five senses removed from the external environment and that was going within. And then from going within, I was then, I became what I felt connected to everything to the universe, to source energy. And that's what really set me on a trajectory to look at that, well, what is death? What is life? What is fear? What is it to love? What is it that really matters in life? What are we giving energy to on a daily basis that when it comes to push comes to shove, does it really matter on the bigger things? Sometimes we have many wake up calls and it really knocks us back on track to what matters you know we could have a phone call with a relative that gets sick or you've heard something or and all of a sudden everything starts to come back into perspective and yeah. quite often we realize we've strayed a lot the big so breakups me, all those big shifting times in our abs lives absolutely well what is driving that in the first place what is it's it's us 
what's driving the fact that we haven't even realized that we have drifted and strayed so far off. We, we need to see something from, the, from a different mind that created this, the problems in the first place. And for me, that was my first like, holy shit, what have, you know, what have I been complaining about? What have I been looking at? What, what actually starts to matter? And it opened me up in a way and I experienced uh, love. I experienced this unique connection to something greater than me that I've ne- never at that point experienced before. Wow. So when you think about that for a moment, yeah. most people will have a traumatic incident. So you're having a height- heightened experience. But quite, for, for many people, a heightened experience can be coming from with a negative connotation. And then when that heightened experience settles down, the body is then holding that memory. So what if you had a heightened experience that had a positive connotation that was so beyond the realm of what you've been experiencing that every sense, every receptor in your cells came alive to feel and experience something like that. And then you come back down and take that away from you. Do you, you know, do you think that would have just as much as a positive impact as a, a negative experience with a negative impact? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so for me, when I experienced that and took that back away, it really started to make me question everything, but in a positive manner because I was coming from a good place. Yeah. I, I was starting to connect to people at a deeper level that maybe I would have brushed off in the street before and actually stop, look into their eyes. And, and actually have a conversation and connect with someone, even if it's for two minutes, and connect to that human essence of who we are again. Mm. And I often feel like it's stories like this from the front lines of an experience like that that actually give us a whole bunch of hints and really a framework for us to not waste another day. And I don't mean go to um, some faraway country and have an ayahuasca experience, but for not wasting another day of slowing down and looking someone in the eye. And, you know, like everyone can do that today. You don't need to uh, have life-altering plant medicine-based experiences to get started on on that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like you having had that experience reminds everyone listening today that the extreme and the teacher to then come back from the extreme allows us the benefit of that, that learning to implement into our life now. Absolutely. That's why I'm on this call. That's what Mm -hmm. I get passionate about. And that's why I didn't even know I was going to say or talk about that. You know, like it's in me and I really want to get that message across for people. And and I forget too, I had a a rough day yesterday, actually. I was feeling really flat. I was struggling and and I'm like, hey, I'm someone that talks about this work all the time. Am I allowed to be, you know, feeling this way? And it's like, no, it's okay. But then- Everyone is allowed to have, I mean, that's why I'm putting on this mini series of mental health and mind expansion, because we need to remember that the goal isn't to find a way to be rosy and perfect and enlightened every day. The goal is to develop mental resilience and true connection to the things that matter most so that we are much better equipped to ride the crappy day that will inevitably come for us all. 100%. And then when that crappiness comes, it's knowing exactly how you can support that whole space. Like I hold space for people at a retreat, a lot of people. And, and that comes down to I just hold space for myself. 
It's mm. no different whether it's 40 people in the room or it's just me. Mm. Uh, and it's being able to do that and, and a, a bit of nurturing as opposed to resisting it and, you know, beating yourself up even more and layering upon the things that we think are already there but might not necessarily be there in the first place. Oh, I feel like we get so lost as humans, don't we? I know one of All your time, big question that you ask yourself is what is consciousness? What does it mean to be human? Have you moved forward in any way to better answer that question yet for yourself or others? Well, I've, I certainly spend a lot of time exploring on my podcast now. Yeah. And because after, again, having an experience outside of plant-based medicine, I've had more powerful experiences just from meditation now than actually that. But that, you know, takes work, but I, th I believe it's within any one of us. And for me, I look at it now as, um, where to go with this? I actually interviewed a guy last night called Professor Irvin Laszlo, and he was, he's 88 years old. Oh, wow. And he's just... This, this, he's been um, nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice. He's written, I think, or been involved in over 100 books. And he's been exploring consciousness and the cosmos his whole life. And I wanted to hear what his version was. And so I've been talking to many people around this. And, and I, I'm starting to believe that there's, like, um, there's a field of energy. You could call it the universe where the universe creates from from life itself, everything, if you break it down, this is what quant the new science is showing, that everything is vibration and energy in its essence. And for me, I really feel like we are part of that. We coexist with it. Uh, and there's a, there's a part of separation that's come from this, allowing us to have this human experience. So when I look at consciousness, well, what is consciousness as a human? It's then be able to have aware that we're aware that life is happening right now there's an awareness to it so if consciousness then becomes awareness then it's how what do we become aware of and then it's been able to point or to direct the experiences that we're having on a daily basis that allows us to experience life through these senses that are happening moment to moment and then we interpret those senses, but we have free will as well, so we can put our own interpretation onto that. But for me, a another simple way of looking at it is I think that you could, it's like being a fish in a goldfish bowl, and, and the water is the environment of the fish. You could say that's the, the, the source energy, the field, what the unit that we're in that, but we're just not aware of our environment because we've always been in it and part of it. And from that, oh, my door's knocking. And from <laughs> that, um, we just haven't been taught how to take a drink, and we're all thirsty mm. at the end of the day. Mm. So, as I start to look at that and be able to have this connection, then it's almost like there's a part of us that can, if if we're willing to do the work and take the time and get beyond our senses, our sensory experience, where we're constantly putting our attention outward and be able to turn that back inward. Mm. And from an inward experience, get past those senses, we can actually become aware of other things and we can become aware of this field and actually reconnect to that. Yeah. And that's what I, for me, believe consciousness is. Mm. And then it's having that connection, which I find starts to help you uh, almost guide you through life. 
yeah. if, you're, if you're willing to start to work on that connection. And what does working on that connection look like for you? You use the work as uh, a phrase often. And just for anyone who hasn't listened to the last show we did together, um, and I'd be keen to see, of course, what it looks like for you right now, because that can change as well um, as you go through life. What does yeah. showing up every day and doing that work look like? Find it in the present moment. Yeah. And, and becoming out of the, the, con- the unconscious patterns that we play out all the time. You know, they say um, that 95% of the day we're running on unconscious patterns constantly. And it's be able to come back. So the first point is being aware that you're doing it and coming back to that present moment. And then, and then every time you drift away from that present moment, it's coming back. So as we find the present moment, and if we're willing to, there's so many different ways. One is obviously meditation. So from a meditation perspective, you close your eyes, you're removing your senses, you're giving your nervous system the opportunity to be told that it's safe because we're hardwired to, to, literally, to be afraid and to, to be, be on afraid the lookout. Yeah. on the lookout constantly. So if you're willing to give yourself an environment of, of to be safe and feeling safe, you're allowing that nervous system to calm down. So that's the first place. And then as you direct your awareness inward and you can work on different techniques, I like to use a technique which is called open focus, which is giving your brain something to focus on, but there's nothing actually there in the space and the environment that it's in. And from that place, you can start to develop an inner awareness. You're actually directing all that energy that's normally directed with your senses. And you're actually learning to uh, an inward skill, which is called proprioception. And with that skill set, you're developing a new skill. And that's the first point of being able to start to connect. And then if you evolve the heart as well and, and start to learn to train techniques and actually bring awareness to the heart, which is one of the main contributing organs of the nervous system, you can start sending a very different signal to the nervous system as well. And if consciousness does run through the nervous system to be able to um, send information through every cell in the body, then for me, a lot of this becomes an evolution of the nervous system. So if we can actually work upon the nervous system and start to work that, that allows us to expand our consciousness, which in turn allows us to expand our awareness. And as we expand our awareness, we can start to connect with different parts of reality that we never assume to be there. But we've always been kind of narrow focused and in a stress state response. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I know in my own journey of connecting to the present moment um, more and more and more, uh, because you just start to see, don't you, the gifts of it, that it makes you it, it stops being a have to quite quickly and it starts being a, oh, I know life is way sweeter when I actually take the time to do that. Absolutely. Um, I, I find since doing that, and I've always been a look on the bright side of life gal, I've always found pretty lovely, simple things um, to be worth my attention and, and focus on those little things that bring joy. But now it's on steroids. It's, it's crazy. If I eat a beautiful blueberry, I have to rave about it. Or if I, like, you know, if I take a walk and I see a pretty tree, I just I have to stand there and just look at it and be in awe. And, uh, and I think that that is, so, um, that, that is just so beneficial to an overall sense of well-being. Um, it's huge. Mm. And isn't that what the game is all about? Mm. At the end of the day, we, all we have is now. Yeah. 
and and it's trying to remind ourselves that life is happening through us now mm. and to come back to that and i was going to say putting yourself in nature being able to be in a conversation 100% with someone you know like like you say eat a blueberry and really feel it and taste it and you know uh, spend time in a park or, or or whatever it might be just to come back and just can we let all our problems go even if it's for five minutes they'll be there when you get up you can pick them up on the way out you know yeah, totally no, they ain't no going problem. anywhere exactly yeah. you know and 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 that's the work that's where it starts but i think unfortunately we're not willing or quite often we tell ourselves we're going to start tomorrow I'm going to start next week. It's like anything, you know. I'm sure you, you see it with your low-tox programs. Yep, yep, I'm going to get around to that. And then we find ways of not actually doing the work. Oh, absolutely. And then right? people do the course like three years after they first clocked that it existed and they wanted to do it. And they're like, why didn't I do this three years ago? That's exactly. crazy. And so the invitation is there to start connecting with the present moment right now. Uh, and there's so much benefit to doing that. And it, it's it's hard to, to put in words sometimes when someone hasn't even engaged. But I know you have some really good beginner's meditations and I wouldn't mind including some links to resources in the show notes because, uh, you know, we've been told to meditate because it helps us lower our blood pressure. We've been told to meditate for all these reasons that are actually now becoming quite commonly known. But I think because it helps us connect to the present moment and that is really important to do and this is why is really, mm. for me, the more profound benefit of meditation. Absolutely. The flow-on effects of our mental health state when we do it. And the massive and the other thing that sprung to mind then when you said connection is i think quite often we remove ourselves from people and isolation and we keep ourselves busy yes busy yes we interact with people but how often do we truly connect with people mm. and and there's huge studies around the healing benefits of just having actual true human connection in life yeah and I, and i and i also feel is that a big part of that is because we've lost connection to ourselves and if we don't fully reconnect to ourselves and truly value ourselves and truly, and this kind of sounds funny as a man saying this, but learn to love ourselves, mm. in, you know, unconditionally in this way that you kind of, yeah, man, I, I almost honor who you are. Yeah. And, and, and well, you hardly do, catch one bloke saying that to another, do you? I mean, it's no. not common. It's really not. It, in fact, you would be not frowned upon, but like, mate, what, you know, what are you taking? What's going on? Why'd you say that to me? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, and it yeah. would be uncomfortable. And I mean, wouldn't it be amazing, especially looking at the rates of suicide in men and boys, uh, if we could actually destigmatize um, genuinely loving ourselves and other people? Uh, Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and reconnecting to the full spectrum of emotions. Mm. And for men, it's strange because we, we get this feeling that if we show any signs of vulnerability, we're just. I don't know, going to implode and disappear off the planet or something. I, I, we're hardwired in a way, but but it doesn't even mean losing our masculinity. It, it simply means being able to honor the whole spectrum with these things and being able to look at it as opposed to running away from them. Mm. You know? And do you feel like the real magic as an ex-Welsh football player 
um, uh, rugby player, I should say, because football is a totally different thing, of course, for you guys. But um, do you feel like the the real magic is going to be when people realise that they can bring this goodness into the most male of male um, professions, roles, sports careers? Because you see more and more athletes, men and women, starting to embrace this work connecting to the present moment doing it like as a prerequisite before matches because it helps them perform so much better and it helps them have better sportsmanship so many positives right and yeah and yet it seems like our society still tries to say well you know you're the macho type of male so this isn't for you and uh, I feel like the magic will be when we realize this is actually for everybody Absolutely. Sadly, we live in a society where there's these idealistic things projected through a lens that's very accessible to most people, like via social media and the news, and, and everything gets blown out of proportion. And we see in a very one-sided aspect of many of our unconscious idols, even though we're not seeing it, we're, we're always comparing ourselves to, to certain things constantly. Mm. And I think that already starts shutting us down from these things. But uh, um as from, from me, all I needed was a different language and I needed an experience. And once I had those two things, the, the whole world opened up. The, everything, everything changed. And I, and, I, and I truly believe that that's possible in every single human being. It's just being able to figure out what's the best way to reach someone then have a, certainly start to experience it, being open to it. Because if you're not open to it, you can't have these experiences. If I wasn't open to my plant-based medicine and felt like I'd been persuaded by someone else or wasn't sure of doing it or a partner was forcing me to give this a go or whatever, then there would have been a part of me that was closed off to it. And yeah, if you off that's with, such an important part and a recurring theme this month in mental health uh, um, improvement, shall we say, for want of a much better word, but is that idea that we can't make someone want to expand their thinking, to uh, be curious. You know, we can present something, but in terms of them then taking action, that really does have to come from within. Absolutely. I only got off the phone literally about three day, days ago to a gentleman that came to my letter in workshop two years ago, two years ago. And, and uh, he reached out and I got on the phone. He said, Guy, I'm actually ready to come to the retreat now. Oh, wow. So it, only took him to, it only took him two years. Yeah, you know? wow. <laughs> After being involved with yeah. the work and the conversation, you know. Yeah. And, and, but that's a testament to the, the idea that you present something, they have a little taste of it, they sit back, and then it might be that little trigger that happens where they're like, oh, I'm not proud of how I reacted in that situation or how I'm continuing to act in my relationship or whatever, I might reach out and take the next step. Um, yes. Yeah. And so I, I love the sound of your retreats and I really wanted to come to one last year, but unfortunately the dates just did not align. Um, so I would love to ask you about them because you've taken, I think in 14 months you've run five sold-out retreats now, which is amazing, um, and they're called Live in Flow. Have I got that right? Um, Correct, yes. Why did you choose that name? Uh, and um, when people go, like is it a, a one-day power retreat or is it over a long weekend? Uh, what do you feel like you needed to arrive at for the perfect 
kind of beginning, middle, end situation to take people on that journey? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they currently stand at um, three nights mm-hmm. held over four days yeah. or three and a half days in total. And we're actually running our first retreat um, in Portugal mid-April. That's six days. Wow. So, so we, we wanted to take it longer again, yeah. you know. And we called it Live in Flow because for me, originally it was called Let Go and Live in Flow. We kind of tied it down to Live in Flow. And I think that's what a lot of us are wanting to do is almost take this weight off us that we kind of carry around, but quite often we're not realizing we're carrying around. And for me, Living in Flow represents the present moment. And if, if you're present and you're here and you're now and you can embrace the joy, the happiness in that moment, then from there, I believe flow exists because we're not anticipating the future. We're not worrying about the past. We're getting that, you know, there's, there's this moment here now. And from that breeds a few things that what we've found is most people are craving more purpose, more connection, more courage as well. And clarity, you could say. And from, from those aspects, I believe they only start to show themselves when we get back to the point of what we've been discussing all along about coming back to that present and being able to listen and things start to start to come through. And turning down the noise, isn't it? That's all we're doing. We're turning down the noise to allow our own radio station to start to be heard, basically, at mm. the end of the day. And for me, if we're willing to do that, that's where flow is. We can find ourselves in flow states all the time. But, for, but it's like, how can we bring that into our everyday life? And the one thing we wanted to ensure from the retreats as well was to be, basically bring people together, connect people together, almost bring an intimate community together. Because it's intimidating. It can be strange. You come in, you're coming up to a and place. So and so many different walks of life, right? Different ages. Absolutely. But mm. what people forget is that really, A, we're all the same at the end of the day. We all have the same shit. It's just yeah. wrapped up in different names. And, but from that as well, the people that come to a retreat like this are people that are ready to really look at the, this work and do it. So, so there's a common unity there. And if, what we want to do, if we can create a safe environment, get people out of the current environment that's currently reminding them of who they think they are at those moments, it's, it can be very difficult to create change. So the first precursor to change is actually trying to remove them from their environment, from their family and their friends to a degree, so they have an opportunity to just be themselves again. Mm. And then create a safe place, allowing that, because once we feel safe, once the body feels safe, it's willing to open up and look under the hood, Yeah, so to speak. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And we need to feel safe to peel a few layers back. Otherwise, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're absolutely. just not going to do it. No, it's a prerequisite. Absolutely. So once, you know, people come and they meet us, I mean, quite often people are coming through my podcast, so they feel like they know me to a degree anyway, because they've had my voice, you know, mm. on every week kind of thing. Yeah, so that happens for me as well. Yeah, so, exactly. Oh, I feel yeah. weird not knowing you, but knowing you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so so all all that's wonderful, and then it's been able to understand how the body works, and been able to use different processes to elicit different responses to allow people to start to look at the very things that are needing to shift, and mm-hmm. and the things that need to shift are beyond the the thinking mind. 
Yeah. Otherwise, we would have solved the problems. Yes, exactly. Right? We need to be of another mind to start to shift them. Absolutely. So yeah. everything is in the unconscious mind. Mm. And that's where we need to go to get into it. Mm. And, and from there, we then take people through, start to look at those things and what comes up and what starts to move. I mean, it's a very hands-on retreat. You, you, you work, but the, the, the people start to connect and come together. And then there's the support from each other. And it's, it's always the community that really, um, really helps. It's the, it's the missing component, I think, with a lot of this works. So when you bring people together like that and the support is there and people are hearing, oh, they just had this experience and they saw it this way or vice versa, them saying that actually helps somebody else directly in the room without even knowing that. So it's a beautiful place to be. And then, um, then once, once we kind of move things there, we, we kind of allow people to, to come back, become more grounded, come back together before they go back home. But for me, what's really important is remember when I was talking about the nervous system earlier and, and actually if we have a heightened experience for a positive or a, or a heightened experience for a negative, the, the nervous system retains that information. And these, for me, what I love about the retreats and why I'm so proud of them is that it's allowing people to have a really heightened experience, just like I've had in the past as well, that they can all of a sudden start to feel these unconditional love, joy, gratitude, but really feel it at a visceral level. And that is actually entrained in the nervous system with a very different signal. So when you go back home, back into your lives, once all that starts to settle down, you have a new reference point that you can call upon any time and tap back into those feelings and experiences. So if you're willing to have a problem or a challenge in your life, that is reoccurring or is coming up. So what we normally do is go back to the default mechanisms and behaviors and try to solve that challenge with the same way we're always doing it. And it creates an emotion, that emotion creates a thought, and we keep repeating the patterns and we feel stuck. But if you're then able to, especially with the things that we teach and some of the things we've touched on, come back to that moment, you have this challenge, but instead of going back to the default mode, pull upon those experiences and feelings that the nervous system has now learned that you can recreate more easily because it's got a new reference point. It's got a new map. It's, it's created new neural networks within the brain and within the body to, to start to hold and support that. So you can start to feed those, you can start to feed that map, those roads and water that plant as opposed to the one you've been doing the whole time that's holding you back. So all of a sudden, you, you start to look at a problem or a challenge with a different lens because of the feelings and the experiences that you're creating within the body. And the reality is we only see problems like our mind is so limited. We can only see A, B, and C as a solution. Yeah. There's a whole alphabet of options yeah. that's beyond that we don't see. And for me, it's that if you're willing to get back into those states and train the body to be more encouraged by those states, you then start to see other options. And that allows you not to feel trapped and that allows you to move forward in mm. life. And, and that's when it. your synchronicities start to show up and all of that kind of stuff starts to feel like, oh, life is just in flow. Um, life is supporting happen. you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Instead of this push-shove kind of dynamic that a lot of us struggle with in modern life. But it takes work. 
Mm. And so let's talk about that because it's not a magic pill. It's not a silver bullet. You don't just arrive, do your three days at the retreat, boom, I'm done. I'm healed. I'm sorted. I'm a positive thinker now. That's, I mean, would that it were true, but it is not. So what does it look like when you leave a retreat like this and you've done this work and you've really felt some profound shifts and and you don't want it to be business as usual anymore, but it's so easy to slip back into old ways, especially if you haven't cultivated enough yet yeah. um, on a regular enough basis. So what does the maintenance plan look like? Yeah, well, like... I believe with anything, you, you need to set yourself up to a degree like this. There's, there's always an onus and a responsibility for our, our own actions. And what we encourage, especially when you, you have these experiences live in retreat, but there's an element of still having to do the practice. I always say meditation is what you do with your eyes open during your day. It's being able to, to be able to become conscious from the unconscious patterns that are coming on. You have, these, you have these experiences, you have these heightened experiences, and then when you, when you come back home, it's like the default mechanism, the bar has been raised a bit, so you have that reference point to, to come from. The, the most important thing, again, is connection and community from that as well, and be able to talk about it. So you're there, so everyone from the retreat, there's a Facebook group, there are people coming in, there's meetups, there's networks, so people start to have that because quite often they come back and they can't talk about it to their friends because they think they've lost the pot or they try explaining it and it's like, well, yeah, I don't... I yeah, you don't definitely need to surround yourself with, with people who are either genuinely loving and curious about your experience so that they will be great listeners or yeah. with people you can workshop stuff with and not feel ashamed to bring it up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important thing that we always stress for people as well is how you set yourself up before you come to the retreat as well, because it's, it's quite easy to get caught up, just like um, I'm going to do this one day, I'm going to do this next week and so forth. Mm. Um, and, then, and then we almost put this unconscious expectation, like you said, that this is going to fix me, this is going to be done, and then I can go back and work 50 hours 60 hours a week and, and carry um, on and, and like ignore school. my partner and yeah, smoke yeah, 20 yeah. cigarettes a day yeah yeah absolutely you know <laughs> yeah. but anything in life that i've achieved or any level of success has always taken effort there's always it's, it's the daily it's the labor of love that you do daily where the long-term rewards pay off there are no quick fixes and and even if um a, a, the retreat experience uh, from a positive, if they are new to this and if they are in that mindset where I'm coming in for a quick fix, when they leave, they realize, wow, there's actually work here to be done. You know, it's not about going back and just switching off. It's about cultivating that regular practice on a daily basis and coming back to the present moment. It's about being able to scan how you're feeling right now. What are my thoughts right now? My thoughts and feelings are not me. They're just a byproduct of how... Things are happening within me at this moment of time. There's a part of me that's way beyond that. Yeah. And it's been able to come back to that and interrupt those patterns and start to nurture the emotions from that place. And as you come back from that place, that's where you start to really start to tap into gratitude and joy. And for me, it's really important to, to cultivate a, a daily practice where if it's even five minutes a day, which allows me to come back to there 
and try to see things from a different level of mind because at the end of the day, you want to create inspired action to create change in your life. Otherwise, we end up making choices that keep repeating the same things. And, that, you know, and at the end of the day, things lay beyond the known. Quite often, the things that we want, there's this unknown, mysterious thing, and it's like there's this gap, and it's like, well, how do I get from there to there? Yeah, and that's I like your a, alphabet analogy. You know, we know the A, B, and C in our conscious mind, and then there's the whole al- alphabet beyond that in our unconscious mind. Absolutely, you know, and I always say you've got to lean in, you know. Absolutely, once you do a retreat, you don't go back and you just think, great, I'm just going to carry on as normal. Uh, it can be... It can feel a bit strange at first because we have such experiences of love and joy and there's these emotions that that are heightened it's like oh my god the the it's like every cell comes alive and it might not have had an experience like that in 10 years mm. and like the body's like give me some more of that please that is freaking awesome and then of course we go back into life and it's like oh nobody's actually around me has experienced that before what's going on so we do have to make a conscious effort to start to put ourselves around people and in communities and things that actually start to get to get it that raise I mean, the vibration yeah. that raise the vibration at the end of the day i only put myself around people i want to be around honestly you know my life never used to be like that but you know 15 years ago i made a conscious effort i started to des- design my life what does my perfect day look like how where am i going to live what do i want to be doing what you know and even though um, it was just a rough throw. I kind of knew I had to go that way instead of the direction I was currently going continuously. So I started doing, going to different retreats. I started having different experiences that would start to support me and allow me to have the courage and confidence to actually move into the life that I wanted to be moving toward. And it doesn't mean you have to abandon anyone or change anything. Like I said at the start, it's, there's an accelerator. There's a break. For me at the time, I was single. You know, I'd come to Australia. The only person I was going to let down was myself. So I could, I could obviously put the accelerator on a lot quicker than if I had a family and children and things and so forth. But the, I think the biggest struggle is indecision. I think making no decision is worse than actually making a decision that's wrong. hundred mm, percent. And I think really, as you said, it's not about abandoning everything. For me it's almost um, best described as injecting more sense of real joy and love into your everyday. You know, like it's not about leaving a job, destroying a relationship that might have otherwise actually been okay if you learnt to bring more joy uh, into your present moment. You know what I mean? I think we start with that as the goal. And that, that incredible awe that we have for the present moment as we do more and more of the work. And, in fact, a lot of the things in our lives start to be far more lovely that we might have actually been frustrated with or upset with or thought we needed to change. Actually, what we needed to change was ourselves. Absolutely. If there are triggers going off in your life constantly, we always try changing the triggers. Mm. But the triggers are an opportunity for us to turn the mirror on ourselves and look apart what aspect of ourselves has been triggered by that. And that because can be it, a big fat ouch to realize that. It's, 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 it takes courage to do that, but it's so rewarding. Why, why perpetuate the same feeling of frustrations and anger or guilt, or whatever that might be every day, when if you're willing to look at, flip the lens and look at yourself, 
and get relief from that. Like it's like pulling a splinter out. Why walk around with a splinter in your foot constantly and blame the tree? Mm. You know, let's just mm. look at the splinter in the first place. Yeah. Pull it out and get on with it. Mm. Yeah. And you hear so many people develop deeper satisfaction in their work, their relationships, their friendships, their parent-child communications and relations. Totally. Um, I think, I think yeah. we lose sight of what it is makes us happy. We are caught, so caught up, you know, we, we strive, we purchase things, we consume things, we do things, we do that all to fulfill these needs and feelings inside. And I've found over the years, I don't know about you, Alex, but it's the simple things in life that have actually been filling me up. Yeah. You yeah, know, it I, absolutely is. And it's like, why am I getting caught up chasing that? Is that just an elusive carrot? That is that going to really bring me the fulfillment? Or is there well, yeah. something deeper that's driving me over there? Guy, I totally agree. And for me, it always comes back to simple, simple metaphors to help people realize that. And for me, it's the consumer metaphor of the 50s marketing um, uh, movement that was born where they started to cotton on to the fact if they gave us problems we didn't realise we had, they could give us products to fix the problem. Yeah. And that was really <laughs> what kicked us into this hyper-consumerist focus um, and this insatiable need for stuff to try and find, I've finally fixed all the problems or I've finally bought all the things that are going to make me happy or finally surrounded myself with all the stuff that's going to be making my life beautiful enough. And, and it's all an illusion, uh, you know, and if you have to think about that ultra white, bright, super foamy, um, you know, washing powder ad from the fifties to make you realize that about everything else, then I find that really helpful because it's just such a basic, Oh yeah, of course. Our, our, our whites aren't supposed to be tinged blue to have the illusion that they're extra white, you know? And for me, that's like a metaphor of life, really. Um, we're not supposed to have ultra anything. We're actually just supposed to be deeply, you know, able to connect to ourselves and to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Whew. Now, um, something I wanted to ask you before we wrapped up, because I, and I'm sorry to go back to the retreats, but I oh, know okay. you took your mum, well, you didn't take your mum on the retreat. She was probably out here visiting you guys and uh, uh, it, it timed it so she could come along and see your work. How was that for her watching her son in action, but also what kind of a personal journey did she experience going on one of your retreats? Because your mum's 75. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, our retreats are active as well. Like there's yoga there, you know, we move the body as well. Uh, there's obviously different experiences. And um, I really believed in her. And I said, look, if, would you like to come? You're going to be out here and experience it. She'd been to my one-day workshop in the past and she listens to my podcast, you know. So she was, she was, Go, was Hi, yeah, she, she was open <laughs> to it, you know, yeah. and and it was incredible because I was worried about her mobility because, you know, um, walking up a flight of stairs, you know, she needed a railing of things. This is at a beautiful retreat where there's stone steps going down. And, and I thought, I'm just going to leave her be. And, and I said to her, Mom, all you need to do is your best. I don't care what your yoga practice looks like. I don't care if, if you 
have to pull out any of the process, anything. I said, just do your best. Don't worry about it. You'll feel you'll be supported. And boy, that she goes, I will. I'll just do my best. And she turned up for every single process. She she just gave it her full go. And it was it, I was so proud of her because to see that in my mom, a 75-year-old whose mobility who would struggle to get up from the floor, that as a son, my automatic response was, I just want to run over and pick her up and help her up. And yeah, you yeah. know, but I had to just leave her be because this is about her finding her own inner strength. This is about her finding her from that. And first of all, to see that was amazing and to see her inspire others in that retreat. And it's wonderful now because I can say, well, if my 75-year-old mom can come and do this, anybody can do this. Like, mm. this is not a case of ability at all. It's just a case of, do you want it enough? Really, mm. at the That's end of the so day. That's so true, isn't it? I remember seeing, um, you know, because we've both been on the Dr. Joe retreat, and I remember seeing the these 70-year-old boomers abseiling down the side of a 32-level exactly. building in Canada with Parkinson's disease, and you're thinking, okay, if they can do that, and, you know, I think that's part of human nature, isn't it? We want to see it done to be inspired to do it, to then do it ourselves. It's one yeah. of the things that motivate us. But that is why we need elders. We need to preserve our relationship with oh, elders. Oh, it's so important. They're it's so inspiring. So yeah. They're incredible. And, uh, you know, like, like me speaking to Irvin yesterday, I was so honoured to have an 88-year-old man mm. come on and speak all this wisdom, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was amazing with my my mum's experience, uh, well, there's a couple of things. Um, one which I shared on social media a few weeks ago is that, you know, because we're working with um, meditation, we're working with the quantum field at the end of the day, and we're working with epigenetics, we're working with um, looking at things at an energy and vibrational level. And she, her shoulder, she had an accident 15 years ago. She broke a collarbone, but she also severed nerves in her in her shoulder. So she could never raise her arm above shoulder level. So she could she struggled to scratch the back of her head even or pick up a carton of milk. And there was a process during Matt's sound journey, in, you know, because each process is, is ideas to support each other and layer upon each other and layer upon each other. Mm. Like and did you say Matt's sound journey there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, One of uh, the people she, you work with, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. And, um, and she was holding her right arm. And I could see there was something starting to shift for her. And when she came out of the process afterwards, she said, oh, my God, my, my shoulder got so hot and inten- intensified my injured shoulder. And then she looked at me and she just stuck her arms straight up in the air. <gasps> wow. And she's, she's like, I haven't been able to do that in 15 years. Wow. It was incredible. The sound healing thing feels like a whole nother conversation we need to have. It's incredible yeah, sound It healing. is, yeah. So wow. so to, to see that was was incredible. And... I've never, how open-minded are your listeners? They're pretty open-minded. Ah, oh, super open-minded. Absolutely. There wouldn't okay. be much that would shock them, Guy. <laughs> okay, because I've, no, I've never shared this publicly on, on podcast before, but mm. with my mum, my dad passed away um, uh, seven years ago. And, mm. and you know, with the, with the work we do, we, we, we connect into the, that source field of energy at the end of the day. If we get beyond the analytical mind, train the awareness and use different processes, we can connect to that field because we're raising our own vibrational energy. And from that connection, insight can come in from different information. And she reconnected with my dad there while oh, I was there. Beautiful. And it was such a healing moment for all three of us, really, at the end of the day. 
and it was beautiful and it was I was like felt such an honored son to be able to have created this space where something like that could have happened and the, the message was from my mom was to enjoy life live life you know you still have it kind of thing so it was um for me that was very healing as well because you know if anyone here's lost anyone you you, you yeah. grieve but you carry that so all these moments add up to our own internal healing and when we see that start to happen in different people and reconnecting to different things and getting different messages that are coming through i think it really allows us to like i say start to really tune in and focus onto the things that really matter in life mm. and start to let go of the things that don't and so until we start having those experiences, it can be hard because we keep mm. recreating. But we have to start somewhere. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Mm. And, and so I think that kind of leads us perfectly towards the last thing I want to talk about, which is where we take awareness of doing this kind of work um, into action. Um, and those are really the two bookends of your four pillars. Yeah. Do you want to speak to those? Sure, yeah. So the way I kind of look at the work now, you've got awareness, acceptance, then intention, and then action. And we need to start to think and nurture all about them. Obviously, awareness is where a lot of the training happens because if you're not aware of the problem, how can you be even aware of any? Mm-hmm. What's the change? So the first thing we do, we become aware of something. And then, and, and then we either run away from it or we, we lean into it. You know, but from, from awareness, uh, that can start to, if we wanting to look at ourselves, like I was saying about the mirror of other people triggering and starting to look at those things within ourselves, then quite often we need to accept the current situation. If we're not willing to accept where we're at, what's, what history has uh, happened to, to be here, we're never really going to fully embrace the present moment. So acceptance is a big key and can take some time depending on but start to fully accept your situation because whether we choose to carry the things of the past or not, our situation will never change. Mm. And is that part of that, um, just as an example that might feel really tangible to people, is that victim mentality? Yeah, like Just not being able to let go of all these bad things that have happened to you which have led you to be where you are. You're, um, just, you're just recreating the, the drama. Like mm. you're recreating the emotions and the thought patterns and the feelings of that incident. Yeah. And yes, trust me, we have some heavy, we have some people that have had some serious trauma come. Not everyone. We've had some people that are just love seekers and just want to self-develop and keep going. Yeah. Like, you know, so we get all spectrums. But at the end of the day, no matter how much we fester on something, it, it doesn't serve us moving forward. Mm. So it's about how do we break that cycle? And, and the, one of the first things is being able to accept something. We've all somebody cut us up in traffic. Yeah. And we, yeah. we, we lose the plot. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, I live in somebody, Sydney, we, mate. You don't need to tell yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> are we, are we, we got this rage. Yeah. So, so, so how long do we carry that rage for? I giggle at the rage. I opted out of the rage years ago. Yeah, oh exactly. Yeah. Right. But, but there's normally that rage is coming from there's something else deeper that's probably yes. aggravating it in the first place. Right? Yeah, so but, true. So there's, so there's an acceptance part of it. And then what's our intention? What, what, do, we, what do we bring into the table in every, uh, every act that we do each day? I, we, I love the analogy. Um, I was talking to Petra, who's the other facilitator of our retreat, talking about the other day. Intention is like 
think of Cupid and Cupid Arrow. What's, and you've got the love hearts behind it, right? So, so it's almost like the intention is what's, behind, what's the energy behind the arrow you're firing for Cupid? And that's the love mm. components. You, you're, you're firing your love off to that target over there. So what intention are you bringing into everything that you do? Every action, every labor of, labor of love, right? Yes. Like what There's it, a reason what is, it's called that. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, but you can get very clear in intention so much so you can actually direct intention to help other people as well. And you can magnify those intentions, which is quite incredible. But if you want to look at that, so what's the energy? What's the juice? What's the juju that's behind the very things that you're doing? And I think that's a really great place to start. So once you become aware of something, you can accept something. Can you start to bring a different intent behind the, the actions that you're going to now start to make forward? Because if you, like, I'm all for, you know, raising your vibration, flowing with life and allowing things to, to synchronously work with you and move with you. But you still have to take action. You still have to meet your dreams halfway. You still have to overcome the obstacles of whatever they are in your way. And I think part of the human experience is to be able to learn, evolve, and grow. And from those lessons, we become, we're, we're evolving our own consciousness, our own awareness. So we, we have to meet it with action and conviction from that. But it's what, what's the main source behind those actions that are driving it. And then what, and then what you can do if, is through the teachings is actually start to look at them at a much deeper level and start to break those down, you know, which is what we do at the retreats ultimately at the end of the day as well. Yeah, you know? brilliant. So good. Yeah. And I think if we could, uh, you know, if people are feeling aware and they're starting to accept and they're setting intentions and they want to take action, I think the first thing they can do is head to the show notes and um, grab a link to uh, one of your meditations. So you just get like a teeny tiny taste and, and get along your way. Um, and, uh, and as always, just such a pleasure to chat to you, Guy, and help more people out there perhaps develop some curiosity around why this could be valid and important work to do in their own lives. Uh, I think there's a reason stress is the number one searched for and about topic online in health. Um, you know, we, we do need to change. Something needs to change. And if we can start to realise that it's not all about everything out there doing bad things to us, it's actually the, the real change starts when we change ourselves and we change our perception. Uh, and we connect to that beautiful present moment. Uh, the things out there tend to change anyway by default. So it's, um, it's such va valuable, important work. And I appreciate that you took that leap to help teach many people how to do it. Thank you, Alex. And thank you for having me on today. I really enjoy our conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? 
Well, you've obviously got lowtoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action uh, and uh, there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit uh, stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written over the past nine years of writing a blog. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added and I can't wait to see where that community takes us. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus uh, Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Today